Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored. And if I were a little younger, I'd be excited too. That seems to be part of the equation now, or the nest, the 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 mandatory introductory equation. Uh, to be your host and your commentator uh, here at Centerleft Radio, where we are at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. It is Friday, the 17th of November, and we are, well, I guess uh, literally less than a week away from Thanksgiving. I've just, I've just been allowing that thought to sort of percolate in my brain this morning, just the speed at which everything seems to be happening this year. I mean, I, I, there's an argument to be made that, is, that as you get older, I've, I've heard this and you've heard this, and, and, and there's, some, there's obvious truth to this, but it's a perception thing that as you age, the sense of time seems to contract. Things happen quicker. The future comes at you quicker. The past accumulates faster than it did when you were younger. The, the, the period of time between summer vacation and Christmas holidays when you were a kid in, in, in fifth grade is infinitely longer than uh, the period of time from June to December uh, today for someone uh, of, of a certain age, as it were. But I, I think part of the speed with which things go by, and I, I, I'm, I'm just noticing this, might be this perpetual sense of unsolvability, I'm, I'm going to call it that, that we are in a, we, we seem to have gotten ourselves locked into a heightened sense of emotion, at least insofar as things political, things geopolitical, and I'm talking specifically domestically, uh, Trump, MAGA, Republicans, all of the criminal activity, all of the court cases, all the insanity involving that, and, all, and this perpetual cycle of this garbage that's out there forever and ever and ever. One side trying to find justice, the other trying to avoid it, quite literally. I mean, when, when you can get both sides to speak the truth, the Democrats will more often than not. When you can get the Republicans to say the truth, it's an effort to avoid uh, what will be ultimately a reckoning and find a way around it. On, on an international level, it's the, uh, the Israeli-Hamas uh, uh, war. Uh, after Hamas goes and kills uh, 1,500 Israeli citizens, crosses in from Gaza, uh, the Israelis completely taken by surprise. Then Hamas takes 225 hostages. Israel understandably realizing finally, nope, this is not a good idea. We cannot allow this to happen again. We've got to react. Hamas knowing full well that Israel will react. And here we are right now with Israel in the middle of Gaza, uh, underneath the largest 
uh, hospital in Gaza, finally uh, recognizing that, yep, here's where the tunnels begin, perhaps, but then there's the question of, do you really want to go down there to explore them, to take them apart, to figure out maybe the hostages are there? Because you know damn well they're booby-trapped, and the first people in, uh, unless you put in some kind of mechanical devices that could account for all of the booby-trapping, you're going to get people killed in the tunnels as well. There's that heightened thing, and that prevents that from being resolved. It's a constant state of elevated nastiness, anxiety. And, and, and I would suggest that my, my perspective is it makes time go by a lot faster, or, or maybe we simply want time to go by a lot faster because it's so damned ugly and unpleasant. I mean, think about that. We're, 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 we're entering the holiday season, and we've got two ugly, ugly, massive situations. One, the threat, literally, to the, the continuation of the entire American ex experiment, certainly within, within the broad confines of, of uh, liberal democracy, of Jeffersonian and Madisonian democracy being preserved in some reasonable way. You get Donald Trump back in office and you're gonna lose that. That's gone. It's promised, it's known. The old Maya Angelou quote, when someone tells you who you are, who they are, believe them the first time. That on the one hand, and Israel, Hamas on the other, you've got kids on Ivy League campuses doing what would have been imaginable in years past, basically shouting uh, dumb, dumbass slogans like, from the river to the sea, somehow suggesting that, that the proper solution to everything, all justice would come to the Middle East if only we would destroy the state of Israel with absolutely no other thought process about it. I, I, I remember, you know, I, I, I think the, the thought uh, came to me, or we were mentioning this the other uh, recent show. Yeah, we had tons of protests about Vietnam, but we had a, we, young men in those days, had a stake in this. We were about to have, and many of us did, had our asses drafted and would confront, and many did, confront the ridiculousness, the horror of what Vietnam was all about, the uselessness of that war. So that when you had the protests on campus, it was coming from people with a direct stake in what the protest was about. Not so really right now, except at a slightly more global level. Um, and especially on the presidential thing, on the Trump, on the Trump thing, one would hope that 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 this this sort of uh, this sort of permissible distance, this this distancing from reality, that seems to be out there so much, this ability that people have to sort of discuss from a distance what Trump means and what it's all about. I, I, I would hope that there'd be more of an opportunity of a capacity on the part of people to internalize what it would mean to lose 
the entire governance structure of the country to a single individual who has co-opted one of our two major parties and who's already said that he would use another presidency, his presidency, to essentially tear down the structure of all the major institutions and put people in place that he would want so that he could do whatever the hell he... He's telling us that. And his, and his sycophants applaud it. They think it's a great idea. Now, there's the other two-thirds, or then, and then some, of America that, I, that statistically we, would, we could imagine don't necessarily applaud that idea. That one guy who is currently in the middle of more legal uh, you know, hot water than most people could even imagine for themselves in several lifetimes must A, get out of that hot water, get himself elected, and then will go ahead and take the country down. And he's got it all planned out, and he's telling us how it will work. He's telling us about the, the, mig the migrant camps that he's going to set up for major deportations. He's, I don't, any, anything he can imagine. This is all red meat for the MAGA crowd who takes it, chews on it, loves it, ingests it without even thinking or even without the imagination to understand how it would negatively affect their own lives. And we live with this day in and day out. The horrors of what was done by an ISIS-like band of people coming in Gaza terrorists, call them, call them by the correct name here, you 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 want to you want to you want to have some kind of moral equivalency? Yes, Israel did some horribly stupid stuff in not dealing with the entire issue of Palestine and Palestinians and Gaza and the West Bank and putting more settlements in than they should have or should have put none in if they were going to be reasonable and rational. Should have followed the reasonable voices within its own country. Should not have had a Netanyahu in there who basically is using strong-arm Trump-like tactics to protect his own political ass. Yes, Israel is really got, got, got the dirtiest hands you can imagine. But they didn't raid cross-border and kill 15, murder 1,500 people and take 225 hostages, even no matter how much you might not like or even hate the state of Israel. Don't, don't use your political judgment of Israel as a basis for becoming an anti-Semite. That's always been the role in history. That's been what stupid people do. That's what stupid people do when they can't think through issues or don't want to think through issues because they're difficult and you just want to get to your next drink. No, think. And that's what I'm saying. That's, that's the theme, if you will, for our pre, as we, as we waltz towards Thanksgiving. That's the theme of today. Think. I'm, I'm, I'm appealing to all sides. Not to intellectualize. Not, not, to, not to basically uh, uh, tell me what the problem was. But to think about solutions. 
And if you can't come up with an immediate solution, and I know, God knows, certainly in Israel Hamas, I don't have an immediate solution. Things have to work themselves out. If you can't come up with an immediate solution, admit that, recognize that. One of the things that I always found annoying uh, about attorneys, I, I, yes, I'm a licensed attorney. Okay, great. Um, but one of the things that annoyed the hell out of me was this sort of, uh, and, I, and, and, I, and I can't say that it's as bad as it was 20, 30 years ago, but this reflexive need to be able to have an answer to any, any legal issue when it came up in a casual conversation, in a cocktail party, in a social setting, in a work setting, blah, 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 legal, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yes, says whoever the attorney or attorneys are in the group. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Well, the way that works is, and you don't know, because in law, like so many other areas, just like in medicine, there are specialties, huge, very, very demanding, very, very uh, fact-based, uh, very, very uh, esoteric specialties that, that command years of practice within that specialty to have any kind of a reasonable opinion about pretty much anything. And, and, and this is true also of international relations. This is true of foreign affairs. You gotta know something about the, the part of the world that's out there, Israel, Gaza, you have to know something about the history. You have to know something about the players. You have to know something more than what feels good at a protest on campus that gets out of hand because suddenly it turns into an anti-Semitic rant that then turns into, unfortunately, in too many instances these days, actual aggressive behavior or flat-out violence against Jews. You can't have that. This is what happens when people can't think first and act second. And we are at a time in our history where thinking is going to become more and more necessary. Thinking critically is going to become more and more necessary. And where history regrettably tells us when emotions are rising, and especially when you have a rabble-rouser, an asshole like Trump out there trying to make the worst of the situation because he feels that favors him, this is going to make it difficult for a lot of people to react. Well, well react reasonably. The very complexity of the issues we're facing will make it desirable for more and more people to simply resort to what is emotionally pleasing, emotionally palatable, emotionally comprehensible, what fits within our emotional world at that moment, rather than go through the difficult process of thinking it through. This happens again and again and again throughout history. I, I think in large measure it may account for what happened in the uh, first third of the 20th century with the rise of fascism. 
although Germany and Italy and, and Spain were all coming through uh, the Depression. They were, they were suffering economically, and the strong men who emerged, uh, Hitler, Mussolini, and, and, and Franco, basically said, we've got a simplified solution. Donald is offering simplified solutions. But, but, but Donald is even less subtle. He doesn't have the skill sets. He, he's lacking. He's lacking what those other wanted. Well, they weren't wannabe tyrants. They, they turn into real tyrants. But he is strictly a wannabe tyrant. He's a wannabe, he's a wannabe capo. He's a wannabe uh, mob boss. He, he keeps blowing it again and again. And it means that his audience has to dumb down more and more and more every time. Now, I, I, I keep going back to, um, to, what, to that, that, uh, that uh, New York Times uh, Marist College poll of now, it's nearly three weeks ago where that snapshot, I've, I've, I've mentioned this on every show in the last several weeks, where there was as much as a, a 10 or 11 point difference between Trump and Biden in swing states. And, and I heard an analysis of this, and by, and by the way, there have been polls taken in more localized regions where that has changed significantly even since then. Okay, uh, is, is, has, has Biden gone ahead by 10 or less? Certainly not. But have the margins closed? Yes, depending on who you're talking to, when and where and how and so on and so forth. Okay, what you're getting right now, I think, because people have such a hard time resolving their Trump thoughts, because there's so much emotion around Trump, that it's you that the, the favorability goes towards the loudest noise. It's it's wherever my attention is drawn, that's where I'll go. And since Biden, for most of the period of that 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 rather nasty poll, has had been, and people were accusing him again and again of being understated both in the positives of his administration, there have been many, and in not dealing with the real issues that people are confronting day to day, especially in pocketbook uh, uh, supermarket uh, terms. Thank God the price of gasoline is going down. Some supermarket things are starting to go down. And Biden has started to change his, his particular messaging on a lot of this stuff. But he has rightfully, the Democrats have rightfully, the White House press corps, uh, not the press corps, the, the White House communications people have rightfully been faulted for basically understating or almost, almost, I wouldn't say ignoring, but not quite giving the, 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 the true, uh, the, the true emphasis, the, the, uh, the true attention that is demanded of many of the things that are confronting America's right, Americans right now. And, and emotionally, I think, Americans basically, therefore, uh, when, these, when that poll was taken, that New York Times uh, Maris poll was taken, what a lot of Americans did was 
just go for a referendum. They emotionally did a referendum vote about Biden, who was seen as less than, lesser than, because he wasn't louder than. And that the noise coming from a Trump is still, for too many people, a sign of strength, and that strength, for too many people, is misinterpreted as capability, as political competence, as somehow uh, indicative of a person who could actually govern the country, when there's no connection to that whatsoever, and any level of rational thought will lead you to that conclusion. You've got a guy who basically is facing imprisonment. He is effectively facing life imprisonment. And he will do anything to avoid it, including take the country down, including suspend or ignore or destroy the Constitution. Anything. Anything to help himself. Now, 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 now look at a, look at an odd situation, an odd analogy. I don't know if it's an analogy, <coughs> but it's a point of comparison. George Santos. <laughs> Here's a guy who lied, who stole, who's done everything. That there was an ethics report that just came out of the the Republican-controlled House. They're doing everything. The Republicans are doing everything they can to show that they're capable of being ethical. They have nothing to run on at this point in the 2024 election. The Republicans in, in, in the House, and, and this is a, an interesting point. Uh, this, this was brought up to me, and I've, I've seen this on air. I've seen it in a number of sources. Give me one major accomplishment of this Congress, the Republican-controlled House of Representatives, the, the, the Republican group that came in in January of 2023. Tell me something they've accomplished. And I've, I've heard Republicans talk about this on the floor of the House. And the answer is, there's nothing. I mean, I mean, come on. Well, you know, we uh, we uh, we've been yelling and screaming about uh, about that. We've been and we've been bitching and moaning about uh, you know making sure that abortion uh, uh, is illegal. Or we want to pass. We want to. We want the world to. And, and we've been trying to. And we've been trying to cut back the cost of everything. And we don't want to have. And we have to. Uh, and, and the budget has got to. And we're going to. And what, what what Republicans have accomplished is going through two battles, well, one huge battle, one lesser battle, in order to come up with two different speakers. And they basically have uh, reinforced the notion that they are against women's rights, against gun control in any way, shape, or form, and hate everybody. Okay? All in the name of maybe, in the, I don't know, in the name of religion and Jesus, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever they want, you know. It, it, that, that, that the hypocrisy and the ignorance and the complete lack of capabilities there. Here's the two things that Republicans have accomplished. Okay? They accomplished basically keeping the government open very recently. And they accomplished getting a new speaker in. 
despite the fact that there were huge um, huge rifts within the Republican conference over both issues. But that was big. They, 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 they got a speaker. I mean, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic here. You know, you're supposed to be able to elect. If you're the majority party, you're supposed to be able to elect a speaker. It shouldn't take you 15 votes the first time. Then you kick them out because some idiot puts in a, a provision that says one member can call for a vote to get them out. And then you have to go a second time around. And then you have a vote about, then you have a vote about keeping the government operating. And the only way you can keep the government operating and the only way you can get a second speaker in there is if what? Wait for it. If the Democrats bail your ass out. Yeah. You would not have, what's his name in there now? The, 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 the clean cut, you know, spanking clean guy that's in there right now. If the Democrats hadn't said, yeah, I think we'll go with this guy. You would have the Republicans shutting down, they, they, they would be shutting down government within a, a, a day or two, and, and, by a, and, and I believe more Democrats voted to keep the government open and to go for the plan that the Speaker had come up with, which, by the way, does not include funding for Ukraine, Israel, and a whole bunch of other very important things. But it's just a kick the can down the road. It's, it's a CR, a continuing resolution. That's all it is. They can kick it down the road just so far. Let's see how much further they're going to try to do it. But you couldn't have done either of these things unless Democrats decided that they are going to be the party that actually governs, that has something something that they're in they're in Washington they're in Congress for something other than collecting salaries pensions and being able to use it to get better positions and make more money and have more influence when they get the hell out of Congress that's that's who democrats are right now republicans are incapable of governing period now do they want to govern I don't know. They, they are still, they, they can't unsupport Trump. They don't know how to do that. They, they're stuck with him because the base is locked into Trump through an emotional connective process that has been facilitated by Republicans running for various offices around the country. So that, that doesn't seem to want to go away. And I'm, again, I'm going back to that, I keep going back to the New York Times uh, Marist Poly College poll, and I feel that what was done, the way people responded was, it was, it was a not thinking reaction. It's, what's happening is the Trump thing is louder and it seems like it's got more power, and so we're going to basically, it's not so much a choice, it is a, it is a, uh, an evaluation of, of Joe Biden, and geez, he just doesn't seem loud enough, and I'm not really, the message is not getting through to me. And you wind up with this really odd kind of a result. <coughs> but, said your intrepid commentator, but the time is coming when there will be convictions and sentencings of Donald. 
Okay, now, there won't be sentencing in the New York civil suit with the taxes. But that's, that result will be coming sometime probably in the early new year. And the likelihood right now, the only thing left, remember, they've already decided that he and his company and his kids committed fraud. The state has that. The judge has ruled that. Everything that's happening in the courtroom right now is nothing more than an effort to come up with the facts that the judge needs. Andragon, I think his name is, is basically, what does he need? What, what, give me a sense, a better sense of this, of this, of this uh, defendant, what they actually did, how they went about it, what their attitude was towards it, how consistent, how regular it was. <coughs> I need more facts so that I can determine what the appropriate penalty should be. The state of New York is asking for $250 million. Not, not ridiculous, not, not anywhere near out of the ballpark, given what, they are, what the Trump organization is accused of doing. And what you're getting right now is defensiveness, evasiveness, and everything else you can imagine from Donald and from the kids. And he'll be back on the stand again, and there's more witnesses, and they'll go through them. The defense is presenting their case right now, and they'll go through this, and they'll go through this. And by the time it's all done, there isn't, this will not change the, the falsification of records. It will not change the fraud. It will simply provide the information needed for the judge to uh, make the calculus, do the calculations that will, that will lead to what the most appropriate penalty is that the Trump organization shall be. Most people that I've spoken to, most legal people that I know, and again, I'm not in this area, I'm not in tax law, but I know some guys who have been, and I know, and I know people that I went to school with who are very, very well versed in this basically say that the $250 million fine is nowhere, by in no way outside of the realm of possibility, especially with the behavior of the defendants in this particular case right now. So this could happen. If it does, Donald will have to sell properties, a receiver will be appointed, the money, and if he doesn't have, you see what happens, well, you know, if you've ever owed money to the IRS, if there's been an audit, if you've been through that, it's a rough situation, folks. I've been through two in my lifetime. And uh, one came out okay, the other I owed money. Well, the, the, the government doesn't wait. The government doesn't wait. They want that money now. They want and they or they want it set up so that this is how how fast and how so it is the first thing on their plate. It must become the first thing on yours. Okay? So what will happen? Well, a receiver will be appointed. And if Donald doesn't have, let's say it's $200 million. If he doesn't have a liquid $200 million, and I would, and most people that I've spoken to, most I've heard from, most of the professionals, don't believe for a heartbeat, for an instant, that this guy has $200 million in liquid cash available. Even he can't raise that much money on the backs of, 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 uh, of, of small donors in a heartbeat. He gets, so these days, whenever, you know, he puts out a, a thing and maybe once every other week, he gets himself another million, two million, something like that. And the stuff gets spent, it all gets spent on his legal expenses. That's how that's going these days. So you have to take that, both the legal expenses and the penalties that'll be coming at the same time. 
What's, what happens here? Properties will be taken by a receiver. They will be run by the receiver as long as they can be run, and properties will be sold to fund the payment of the fine that, that, that Trump, the, the penalty that Trump and the Trump organization will be hit with. The net result of that is that Donald Trump will be net bankrupt. He, there, there may be, whatever properties he had, if he were forced to sell everything he had, most of what would be sold would essentially net less than it was worth because even if he could sell it, and if, let's say, there was a mortgage on it that was bigger than its sale value, that's going to be the case in many of the properties, the state gets paid before the bank does. Once the state has taken receivership of this stuff, they precede the banks in getting, in getting the money for, that, will, that may come from this. What does that mean? Well, now, now banks have to start reconsidering whether they want to remain in a, uh, in a position, in a, in a jeopardy position, vis-a-vis -vis various Trump properties. Don't imagine for a second that's not being discussed in all kinds of bank boardrooms uh, these days as, these, as this case keeps going and as others are coming up, but particularly this financial case for New York State. Don't think Deutsche Bank isn't basically uh, losing sleep and losing a little weight over what's going on with all of this. And if they decide, and they could decide at any point that we basically no longer want to be uh, involved with these properties. Well, now you have <laughs> an unmortgageable or an unmortgaged property that's forced to be sold on its own. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Donald goes to Russia and asks Vladimir or somebody, you know, uh, hey, uh, or asks an oligarch if they could throw some money as well. Hey, give me some money and, and you know, I'll, 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 I'll look after you once, uh, once I'm back in office. But you see, there's a new equation that, 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 that comes up here. Rather than saying Joe has been too quiet, the stuff that I feel, I feel, produced the result that we saw and then at New York Times Marist poll a couple, three weeks ago. Now you have, now the public can't miss the, the results of this financial trial. The, the, the criminal trials, none of them will have been decided, certainly, by the time the uh, New York State civil trial gets, gets finalized. Okay, so, so they'll still, I don't know which one, but I guess maybe Georgia might be coming up by then. Maybe in, we may be at the Georgia thing. It may be just starting up. Uh, there's some talk that the, uh, the Mar-a-Lago case might still be, uh, might come, I don't know. This, this the woman who's running this, the one without any experience. What's her name? The one who's trying to be thankful to Donald for appointing her in a position, but actually trying not to get reversed again uh, by the Tenth uh, Circuit appellate. Uh, you, you know, this type of garbage. But you're going to have now two candidates, <coughs> assuming that Nikki Haley doesn't continue to elevate in the polls, and she's, by the way, beginning to elevate. With Tim Scott out of the race right now, with... Um, uh, and, and, and uh, DeSantis dropping rapidly, major donors going away, money coming towards, uh, towards Nikki Haley. 
even at this, at this stage where there's still major differences, she's close to, she's close to just a 20-point difference between her and Donald. That's Donald who's loud and shouting and above it all and can take on anybody and destroy the world. That's Nikki Haley pulling within 20. Nikki Haley wasn't within 40 a few weeks ago. No one was. <coughs> now she's within 20, 20 points. That, that mean, I'm, I'm just saying, just saying. So the trend is away from Donald. It, 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 this, this, you know, and, and again, this may defy uh, uh, the, the wisdom that the Donald forces and the MAGA people and everyone who is mindlessly, non-critical thinkingly supporting Trump may, may, may be going through or still going through. But the trend is away. Nikki Haley is emerging, little by little. Now, fast forward if you can, stay with me, fast forward to Donald being hit with a $200 million fine that he does not have the cash to pay. I have to start selling off my stuff. Hey, Donald, how about the plane? And if, a if that plane is somehow, uh, somehow part of a corporate entity that owns the plane is somehow part of his New York business licenses, guess what? Hey, Donald, what are you going to sell? And, that be and, and there's no way you keep that out of any news stream. I don't care how siloed it is. I don't care how, how prejudiced it is. Donald gets nailed for money. And the state will take its money and let him go on appeal and appeal to get it back. But the state will take its ounce. They will go after it. He, he will have a receiver there. They won't be able, no one, no amount of appealing is going to be able to stop the receivership process that will take place immediately. That's my understanding of how this process plays out. But he will be, he will be, and, and the numbers are going to come out immediately. Hey, he doesn't have the cash. When you don't have the cash and you're down to what? Having to sell your house? That's what it comes down to, folks. And that's how he will now be, listen for the word, perceived. Not as the guy who yells and screams and can destroy everybody. And yes, there'll be, oh, it's the witch hunt. The witch hunt has got him again. But he will have become a, a victim in his mind, but an appropriate an appropriate, there will have been justice appropriately done based on as timely and, 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 as, and, and, as, and as thorough an investigation of facts as humanly possible. And in the end, that, that swing group of voters, that in-between group in all of the swing states, the independents, this will get their attention. Not just how loud Donald is and how well he's surviving and the fact that Joe isn't screaming as loud or making the points the way the Democrats should be. 
No, when Donald takes it in the neck financially, this is going to draw an awful, awful lot of attention to him. And you will watch his numbers with Nikki Haley tighten up even more. And if you see an Ipsos poll between him and Joe Biden, you will watch those numbers either tighten or Biden easily begins to go ahead of him. And as you watch now, once and once that's happened, you will see an interest in the criminal cases, the likes of which you can't imagine right now. All of that is ahead. But for now, we're still trapped in this emotional place, in this, in this odd moment, or this, this, this sustained, this suspended, ugly, horrible moment, where the nastiness, the ugliness of what is out there in the world, the, the, the ugliness that we see and that is presented to us on a daily basis, creates a noise level that makes it difficult for too many people, and for even too many thoughtful people, to critically reason through what they are seeing. What is going on with this guy? Do I want a guy, take, give, give, give Donald his best case scenario. He gets out of, the, 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 the New York uh, fine is uh, 100 million. And maybe he doesn't have to sell a bunch of buildings, but his cash, his cash position, I, I, still his cash position goes. But he gets out of, he somehow gets out of all the criminal trials. And of course, he's yelling and screaming how wonderful he is. And then he turns around and says, now you see, it really was nothing but a witch hunt, but it's the system that has saved him. The very system that's supposed to be full of all of the deep state people and all the dark, horrible places, the, the, the system that he wants to destroy, will have saved him. An argument that he might otherwise be able to make, well, when you say with Donald, you know, blunting a logical argument means nothing. He'll just find a way to yell and scream about it. That's his best case scenario. A guy who got out of who somehow was able to get out of three, four criminal cases and the, IR, and the case with New York State not be hit as badly. He's already been found guilty of fraud. He will be hit with a fine of some level. Somehow, that guy still is walking the street, is not going to be doing jail time. Oh, geez, that's the guy. Is that, is that the guy you want to have in the presidency? You will have seen him. People will have seen him go through this again and again. They will watch. Do independence, and it always comes down to them, will independence by then say, well, you know, yeah, I guess he just was, he, he was given a bad rap, a bad shake. I think I can understand this guy being there. They'll ignore all of the defiance of all the restraining orders that he will have had. He will have broken again and again. He's in the middle of this whole process again with New York State right now. And the, the perception of him will be one of vulnerability. He will have been hit with the fine by New York State. That will be there. Oh, it's a blah, 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 but they will hit him. And that fine will be exacted. And a receiver will be appointed. Is this who independents want to see running 
in the White House. Then finally, maybe we'll start talking about the other side of this. The reality, the real, now, that, and that, that was a best case, that was a ridiculously best case scenario. The reality is he will be convicted at least once, twice, probably three times of any of the, any of the several, 91 counts that are out there. In which case, if by some miracle he was actually able to win the general election, again, the independents will have to be, look at this convicted criminal who is being sentenced, that's the guy I want in the White House. Now that I can finally, well, I see, I see, I have Joe Biden who has done this, this, and now he's talking about this, and yeah, you know, inflation is going down, and blah, 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 and we have an indicted, we have a convicted, we have a sentenced felon who now can only get out of what he's gotten himself into if he somehow goes into the, shows up on, election, on, on inauguration day and pardons himself somehow as he's taking the oath of office and begins a constitutional crisis the likes of which this nation has never seen. That is the reality of what would happen if Donald tried to show up after losing, after losing two or three of the criminal trials, and in the odd, odd possibility that maybe he actually won the election? No, the more likely thing is he'll contest this one. And his people will say, show up, show up. Show up, Donald. And now there's going to have to be all kinds of federal troops set up on election day to make sure that no one's going to... Do you see what's coming here? We, I, I said this in prior shows, we have a lot of ugliness ahead of us. And it's ugliness a lot of people don't want to think about right now. But it is coming. And we will get through it if we can look at it, assess it, think through what is best for America and for all of us, and to recognize Donald Trump for who and what he is. And to then and, and to look at the Israeli Hamas situation and understand it for who and what it is historically, but what has to happen now and what would happen if we lost an independent a democratic Israel in the middle of in the middle of this the entire uh, Muslim and Arab world. What would happen? How would that play out? Not, not, not the loudest noise, not a reaction to the worst case scenario, not protect Donald, not how dare the Palestinian people be, be taken advantage of so terribly all these years. No, the reality of where we are right now and what would happen if, let's say, we actually allowed the destruction of the state of Israel, if America backed away from Israel, and we're not hearing enough of it, but what would happen if Russia were allowed to destroy Ukraine and take over completely? We're not hearing about that. Oh, oh, oh sorry, there was no funding for Ukraine in the, in the continuing resolution that just went on. We've got to get back or get to rationally thinking through what the consequences of our current actions are. We can find reasons why someone did something wrong in the past. We could do whataboutisms until we're blue in the face forever and ever. But we have to somehow, Americanly, Americans will always do the right thing after having attempted all other options. Winston Churchill alleged to have said it that way. I don't know what the exact quote was, but he apparently said something like this.
But we have to start, we have to start doing it the right way. We've done it, I, I would say, and this is, a, this is a, a hopeful way of looking at this, we've done it the wrong way long enough now. We've tried the wrong thing long enough. Let's follow that Churchill dictum. We've done it stupidly. We've ignored the other. An entire party in the American political system has basically committed itself to insanity to ineffectiveness. We've tried everything that doesn't work. We've, the Republicans have watched themselves lose election after election after election. Maybe this is that Churchillian moment when people in power, in politics, certainly on the Republican side, begin to finally do the right thing because it's all that's left to be done. What is the right thing? It's so simple from an American political perspective. Get the hell rid of Donald! But the base loves him. I don't know what we're going to do. They might not. Just, no. Dump him. And do it collectively. And make the people who are crazy about that little minority, and it's a relative minority within the House of Representatives, make them the minority they are. And say, the guy is a loser. Get the word out there. Get it out widely, 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 widely. Because there's nowhere else to go with it as Nikki Haley begins to close the gap. Wake up, everybody. Wake up, Republicans. Watch this starting to happen. Watch what happens once Donald gets hit with the fines he's going to be hit with by New York State. Watch what happens as he loses one after the next criminal trial, is sentenced and basically told, report for jail at such and such a time. Watch what happens with the donors. Watch what happens with the polls. Watch the, what the independents do. Do not use today, and however people might be thinking at this moment, or whatever you saw in that New York Times Marist poll as a statement of what will be going on five months from now. Trust me. Please, trust me. It will change. Oh, it will change. It will change in a very, very dramatic way. And if you care about this country, if you honestly care about maintaining democracy in this country, it will begin. You will see it begin to change in what you will see as a positive way. Keep your voice out there for the positive. That's what we're doing here at Center Left Radio. Get ready for something better. Get ready for something good. After America has tried every other option, it will invariably do the right thing. We're coming up on that moment, that opportunity to do the right thing. We want to prove that Mr. Churchill was correct, that it wasn't a statement that was only applicable 75 or 80 years ago and that it has no applicability now. No. Americans will eventually do the right thing. And the time for doing it is coming rapidly. Interesting. <laughs> but the truth, it's the truth. You know, we, got, we, have, we have David coming. David Bach is going to be with us in just a moment. I think this would be a perfect time for a, a little hiatus in our uh, discussion, and you know how we do that on a Friday. You know the, the two pieces that I love to play on Friday. Here's the first of them. 
a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. 
and we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial progressive programming, and we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center-left radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, Give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. And you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com and you're listening to us because well because I'm about to tell you why well at least you'll oh you know exactly why you want to hear this guy talk and you should David what's on your mind uh well there's a lot and if you want to hear more you can follow me on uh, Twitter at faces ideas no um let's get through some of the goofy stuff um ah. the Republican Party is just a clown show. And it's so frustrating that the reason that they have any shot at relevancy is because on incredibly popular positions, the Democrats keep punching themselves in the face and they're shooting themselves in the foot. And we'll get to all that. Yeah, yeah. But let's talk about some of the things that have occurred. On the good news, they did manage to keep the government open for another two weeks. But there's a few there's a few overlapping deadlines that the the CR uh, I don't know who can keep up with this bullshit. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Right. But the, the thing to mention with this is twofold. One, they cannot pass regular bills like they can't pass any clean bill to keep the government open long term because he won't do anything with with uh, the Democrats. And the Republicans keep burning down their own bills. Well, they, like, they, can't, they can't pass anything. I mean, you know, a CR is, is all the – that's about as far as they can go, provided the Democrats help them. <laughs> it's, it's right, nuts. and that's the second part. Mike Johnson has broken the cardinal rule, and he uh, did a deal with Democrats. So it is possible that they will attempt to remove him. They they, Which, they they didn't uh, they didn't eliminate that one person can make the motion to vacate rule that they have there. That's still in there, right? I believe so. Yeah, and so I think so. the person who's going to do it is Marjorie Taylor Greene. Ah, oh, good, um, good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> she is currently on a crazy town war path. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 
So it is not true that the Republicans cannot pass anything. Uh, basically, they just keep passing motions to uh, lower all the Biden secretaries and people uh, lower their um, their salary to a dollar. Yeah, That's, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but and this is and this is why I think Martin Taylor Greene's the one who's going to do this. Um, she put up a uh, a a motion to impeach uh, uh, Senator Mayorkas um, or ah. Secretary Mayorkas, and uh, it failed. Yeah. Um, she's going to try it again, and it will probably fail again. Um, and that's going to frustrate her. Well, she boy, then that, also it, got it, into it. Uh, a confrontation with Christopher Ray, and she thought he was DHS, which he is not. Um, <laughs> and this is uh, bookend by the Republicans literally throwing fists at each other. Uh, Kevin McCarthy is out here uh, kidney punching people. We yep. have uh, Senator McMullen uh, trying to fight a witness in the Senate. This actually, I if you have not seen the video, I, I. I recommend it. it is I've, I've heard very... audio. I want to see. I've not seen the video. It's. I've had. You know. You're not the first person to tell me this. I've got to check this out. They say that it's truly amazing. It is incredibly funny. Um, not even beyond the part, like like the entire thing, because there's one point where, um, the teamster, uh, uh, Sean O'Brien, is talking to him, and McMullen said something about his record, and then Bernie asked him to clarify, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, this is all fiction," and. Uh, McMullen said, yeah, but I read it. And uh, as he says that, O'Brien looks at him and goes, blah, 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 blah. and then he just keeps going. And it is it is one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Also, just on a tough guy note, um, if you're attempting to be a tough guy and you're standing up getting ready to fight somebody and Bernie Sanders tells you to sit down and you do, you can't be a tough guy anymore. <laughs> uh, also, That's an interesting uh, thought. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no. Like that's that's just, but like they have nothing. Um, we also have Chip Roy standing up in the house saying, Chip Roy, who's insane, um, saying, "Why won't you tell me what we've passed?" And the answer is nothing. Now this is the thing that I keep pointing to. Is he the guy from Texas, Roy? Is that is that him? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, he he's the guy. I keep this is the thing that I'm pointing to. When they say that Republicans, you know, they're they're you know better, they're gonna save everything. Just ask anybody. Can you name? A, pop, a bill that has been passed. Not a, it doesn't even have to come law. Yeah, just a bill that is passed that would positively benefit your life. And that, the answer is no. I think the way it's he the, the way thing, he said it was something that anyone in this room could run on. Any Republican could run on is, that, is the way Chip Roy. I, I happen to catch that quote. And you're right. There's nothing. It's zero. Because they have, and this is. And you know what? We knew this was going to happen because every time somebody during the election asked them, well, how are you going to do these things? They would just go blah, 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 and run away. Yeah. Like they, they don't have any plans. It's just not a thing. Um, and it, it is always worth mentioning that while they while they have this small uh, majority, Nancy Pelosi has this same majority. And they passed a ton of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. That is worth mentioning. Um, so, yeah, they have that clown show. But then we have, like, the actual serious stuff um, going on with the just with Israel and the response to this. Yeah. And just yeah. Yeah. we got we got to talk about this. So this needs to be made very clear. The Republican Party does not actually give a shit about anti-Semitism. They just don't. 
they use it as a cudgel in order to pretend that they're not being anti-Semitic or they can redefine what Judaism is. And they also use it as a way to, um, uh, to depending on how religious they are, to push that um, we need Israel so that we can have our... Um, Armageddon, our, yeah, uh, the final uh, battle. The final battle, yeah. Uh, yeah. You, and and, and by the way, care. and in that final battle... Any Jew that does not, uh, you know, at, at the end of the final battle, which which Jesus will win, he will come back to earth as a general, and there will be phys- a physical battle, and it will be fought among people who will have risen from the dead, from the ground, their ashes will have, uh, their bones will have reconformed and everything, and there's going to be a battle, and the winner of that battle, who will be Jesus and his troops, will then call everyone on earth surviving there before them in to Jerusalem. Everyone on earth will show up and one by one will be asked, do you accept me as your God and Savior? If you say yes, you go to heaven. If you don't, and it's anticipated that most of the Jews won't, they will go straight to hell. But it has to happen in Jerusalem and Jerusalem will be destroyed while this whole process takes place. This is what this is what the hardcore religious right wants Israel to be saved for. So they can fulfill an Armageddon scripture, a destruction scripture that will basically lead to its elimination. Not its love, not its embrace, not recognizing the importance of it, not caring for everybody, not recognizing that we're all part of the Abrahamic tradition. Nope. So that Israel can be and Jews can be destroyed. That's exactly the story. Right. And then the reason we know this is because their leaders constantly do this. So um, some of the things that have just recently, uh, this is not an anti-Semitic note, but David DePepe just found guilty. Um, for those who don't remember, David DePepe is the guy who beat uh, Paul, Mo- uh, yeah. uh, Paul Pelosi with yeah, a hammer. Yeah, yeah. Um, he is the guy that right-wing outlets spent weeks and months um, pretending was some type of gay lover or that it wasn't that big a deal or that it didn't happen. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a thing Donald Trump still mocks to this day. Um, yeah, he found guilty. Uh, none of those people have paid any price for um, basically mocking an old man getting beaten or for the people who pushed him into this, uh, the Tim Pools and the Lindsay, uh, uh, what the fuck is his name? Uh, James Lindsay. Yeah, um, yeah. These uh, online dipshits. Um, so that's, that's good. But the the other stuff with this um, anti-Semitism is they don't care because they just do it. So just this week, we have um, Charlie Kirk, who's basically out here saying, yeah, the uh, actually, there's three of them. So Charlie Kirk and uh, Tuck Carson are both saying that Jews are responsible for the destruction of the West by using their money to bring in um, hordes of people in order to replace white people. Ah, um, oh, that yes. I so, I don't I don't even know I don't know where to begin reacting to that or you know I mean where where, where do you begin ju- with that you know I I don't know. Well, it's well Tucker, you know it's been a while since he did this, but he had Candace Owens on, and Candace Owens will never pass up a chance to defend a Nazi. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because she is, and this is a thing that is real. She is a black white supremacist. <laughs> Her whole existence is in order to uphold white supremacy ideologies. That, that's um, that's that's a whole other area of psychological study and, and examination. You know, black white supremacists—they're out there. Uh, how that yeah. works? Well, I, I'll but, leave that to the psychologists. You know, 
but there, there's those. And then there's Elon Musk, huh. who um, I don't know if you saw this. There was this because um, anti-Semitism is is rising. It it goes rampant anyway on this uh, on on X because there's no uh, safeguards on it, um, stuff like that. Uh, somebody was arguing about like, oh, Hitler was right. And this other account tweeted like, "Hey, if you're you know one of those Hitler's right people, like don't hide behind a uh, a screen, like say it to our faces." And this yeah. other account responded like, "Yeah, no, 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 the Jews are actually do- doing um, white genocide, and uh, Hitler was right." And the other responded was, "You have said the absolute truth to the pro-Hitler guy." <laughs> in, in which case, I shouldn't I, yeah, be laughing. Pulled, I'm sorry, I should not be laughing. No. Pulled all of their um, their ads from. Twitter, which basically everybody should, because this is like the fifth time he has directly said uh, or endorsed anti-Semitic ideas. Like he's not he he. This is just who he is. And the um the important thing to to note about this is this is just common among the Republican Party. They they just happy doing this type of shit. Yeah. And this comes down to. And, and this is important now because now we're going to switch to the war stuff. I want to talk about APAC very quickly. They've announced that they're going to spend $100 million to try to unseat AOC, Jamal Bowman, Summer Lee, uh, Rashid Tlaib, and Ilhan Omar. Now, APAC is supposed to be a um, supposed to be defending against anti-Semitism, but it's right. really just a pro-Israel lobby. Right. Um, because if you believe that they were doing it against anti-Semitism, they would maybe actually go after somebody like, I don't know, Paul Gosal. Yeah, you might do that. Yeah, Marjorie Taylor Greene or yeah. literally anybody who – advocate or donald trump but they're not their job is to continue uh um laundering the image of israel through um just political pressure Mm. and that that's that's all they're doing um but the other thing is that the we got to talk about this pro-war rally because that's what it was um it was incredibly disgusting um you have to understand this is not like when people are marching and they're currently marching all over the place about the ceasefire, they're not anti-Israel. I mean, there's, there's probably some, I know there are, there are like anti-Semitic groups and neo-Nazis slipping in there to do shit. Um, just in the same way that they do it with every, uh, with every, um, uh, protest type of stuff. Um, the, uh, but the march, it was like, there were signs in it about like finish the job, uh, yeah. The, the, uh, <clears throat> like if this stuff had been in a, from the river a, to the sea, all that crap, you know, and everything. Uh, if if this stuff had been there from uh, in a pro uh, Palestine rally, they it, they would never stop talking about it. Um, Van Jones got surprised when they were chanting "No ceasefire" as though he didn't realize he was at a pro war rally, huh. um, because that's what it was. It's we want to kill more Palestinians, and this is the this is the thing that makes. Uh, all this, this, this talk of anti-Semitism, like really, really stupid for these people who are pretending that it's a big, uh, pretending that they care. There was about seven or eight speakers. One of them was John Hagee. Yeah. John Hagee is a, is a, uh, one of these, I think he's a gospel preacher. Super, he's, super he's gospel preacher. preacher. He's way up there. Yeah. He's, he's got a show. He's got everything going on. He's been around forever. Okay. John Hagee in 2008 was considered too anti-Semitic for the John McCain campaign because he was one of those people who said that, oh, yeah, we needed Hitler in order to have Israel so that the the second coming can happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That's who John Hagee is. John Hagee was one of the speakers at this event, which included Hakeem Jeffries, and I think it was Chuck Schumer was at this one too. Um, huh. But like, you, like this is the most frustrating thing. You cannot, you cannot say that you're better on anti-Semitism when you have this type of person speaking at your fucking event. Like, you just can't. Did he? Did, um, did you happen to hear his uh, his comments? It, it was just you know normal praise Jesus Jesus is God yeah yeah yeah, know, yeah 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 so it was, it it was you know, relatively the comments were benign but you're saying the imagery of him being there with his group was the issue yeah like could you like, like there's no way like like Louis Farrakhan if he showed up at some type of event people wouldn't be like freaking out and something like that it yeah. it's, it yeah. should be you know it should be viewed the same way. Um, and then there's this this DNC thing. I don't know if you've seen this. So there was a protest outside the the uh, DNC headquarters. Yes, I, the, I heard about this. I didn't see it, but I heard about it. Um, it is being described depending on who you listen to, depending on far right. If it's if it's a like a lunatic far right guy, it's a pro Hamas riot attacking the DNC headquarters. If it's a mainstream source, it's a uh, a, a violent riot that was outside the um, outside outside the DNC headquarters. Now, one of the things that is uh, worth mentioning is the difference between a bunch of these protests and the the um, the, the uh, March for Israel one. The reason there was no violence and stuff at the first one, the March for Israel, is because you don't... The police aren't as likely to push violence and there's not as much agitation when you are marching in, in favor of the state-approved thing. There's no there's no courage in doing that march. Right. You're not you're not right. fighting against anything. You're upholding the current status quo. So there's no reason for the uh, the response that you see in a lot of these other protests. Just in general, like you're not brave for doing that. Yeah, um, that should be clear. Now, second, there there's this complaint about like, oh, do they have a permit? No, it's called civil disobedience. Part of that's it's literally part of protesting. It's civil disobedience, just being in the way to cause a problem. That's not a, being, they weren't being violent. Like, yeah. There are so many videos. Like the defense, um, the defense of Israel account was tweeting out a video saying like, how could you stand, how could you be a Democrat and stand with these pro-Hamas violent thugs who are attacking police? And the video was literally just the police attacking people. Like that's Because that's what happened. The police were assaulting them. Um, and if you're going to complain, oh, the police got hurt, there's videos of the police literally beating each other up. Whenever there's pepper spray deployed by the police, other police officers are going to get hit for a couple of reasons. One, they spray each other. That's what we saw when they beat, when they killed that kid in Minnesota. They literally just sprayed each other with pepper spray. Two, it's aerosolized. So yeah. if you spray it, depending on where the other people are, yeah. are standing or the wind, other people are going to get hit by yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the frustrating thing about this is this is the popular position in America. It is a popular position by most of the countries in the world that there needs to be a ceasefire. And Israel does not make it any easier to prove their point when they just put out ridiculous propaganda like, oh, we found a perfectly clean mind comp in a child's bedroom. Yeah. Or we attacked El Sharif and we found 12 guns, a box of dates, and we keep we keep changing what we find here yeah. because it doesn't look good for us. Like that type of stuff does not help. No. If you not actually have, you know, if you can find reasons for doing things, then yeah. If there's a legitimate military target, but they've they destroyed this hospital for nothing. They blew up the embassy or uh, uh, their parliamentary building after weeks of holding it. Like it's they, they need to call the ceasefire. And the and 
having called it like this is the again I, I need to, to reiterate this like the biggest fear is that they call like the Biden pushes for a ceasefire which I don't know if he, he's going to but he really needs to and then well he is talking about it he is talking about it yeah well you know the talk is cheap yeah um, of course the the thing is like we have to also be ready for the fact that, like, he calls for it and BB basically tells him to fuck off because, one, BB wants Trump to win anyway. Two, BB's fighting for his life. Like, not his literal life, but, like, as soon as this is over, he's done. His freedom, his political his political life and his freedom because he has criminal he has criminal liability coming up as well. He's, he's in a very Trumpist sort of a situation right now. BB. Yeah, so he he has to keep this going, and then the like. There's no way they're going to um, like they're not going to just stop giving aid to Israel. Like I understand they passed the CR and it didn't have aid for Ukraine and Israel, yeah. but it, like at some point they're going to. Of course, and I can't imagine there would be um, a, a point where Biden calls her a ceasefire, then we still give them aid, and, and then just not give them aid. Like yeah. we're going to keep giving them. Aid and I, I and I don't know how to like square that circle with people, but it it needs to be. They, it, they it, it's going to have to happen. It's going to have to happen fairly soon. This is, you know, again, there are all these other uh, the, the major bills that have to get passed within the major bills that have not been passed that the CR is simply overwhelming right now or overtaking includes all of the aid bills for Ukraine, for Israel, for everything else that goes in there. Somehow rational minds are going to have to come into play within the American political system. The thing that I'm noticing, just this is just an observation on my part, that that essentially I think that what, what's attracting the far right in this country more and more towards the Hamas side of things is that they, they smell crazy leaders, and crazy leaders somehow excite the glands of the far right. Maybe that's a, that's a crazy, uh, I, I don't know if that makes any sense, and, and I think we're going to have to look at that more and more as days and weeks go on, but I think well, there might be something to it. It's, it's not that they're... They're not really attracted to Hamas. They're able to use Hamas as like a bludgeoning tool yeah, to, yeah, um, yeah. to advocate for the slaughter of Palestinians. They're able to advocate it for uh, shutting down protests. Um, but they they do like the things that they agree with. Like they agree with having a uh, a a religious uh, run country. They just oh, want yeah. it to be a Christian oh, yeah. nationalist country. But that's a whole like, and 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 that's a whole other discussion for a whole other show. David, where else can people hear you? Uh, they've heard some very, very thoughtful stuff from you today. Where else can they hear it? They can find me on Twitter at Faces Ideas now. Okay. Uh, there will be, as, as we were saying in the first segment of the show, and certainly you've heard David say, there, we're in the middle of, uh, we're, we're, we're in the heat. We're in the heat of all this stuff, politically, internationally. Uh, we're, we are living at, a, at, a, at a, almost a continually sustained, everything is up at 10 and 11 nonstop. And there has to be the ability for people to step back, look rationally at situations and begin making decisions that aren't just pur purely emotional. But at the moment, we seem to be in that emotional realm, uh, certainly on the Republican and the right wing parts of, uh, of our government, the, of the, the Congress, of the different state bodies and federal bodies that are running things around here right now. But that's why we, uh, 
That's why we play the games. That's why we keep up with this. That's why we keep talking about what's going on. Uh, and, and that's why on a Friday, especially after a great conversation with David Bach, um, I look forward to being able to say a little jazz. listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. You know, there's there's an expression, do the right thing, which is typically attributed to a, some mob boss trying to say it without saying it, if you know what I mean. There's also a variation on that attributed to Winston Churchill. Americans will always do the right thing after exhausting all the other options. Well, the Republicans in particular, I think they've pretty much have exhausted them. Maybe it's time to start doing the right thing.